Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. What's going on in the Marvels Nation? I am your host, Preston, sitting alongside me, the one Matt Beamer wearing his Washington Capitol hello, shirt. Hello, hello. It's almost the end of race season, and it's cold today in well, here in Charleston. It's, it's championship week, man. It I, is. I understand. It's cool. I should have. I, I was walking the dog, and layers mean something at this point. It was cold last night, let me it, tell you. It was, it was cold this morning. It's, well, yeah, but I mean, well, yeah, overnight into this morning. It was windy. I walked outside this morning, and like... Wow. Oh, yeah. Freezing. Wait, freezing It might be an understatement at this point. It might be. It but felt like, I think it was like 18 degrees was they said what it felt like outside. Like, something like that. Yikes. Man, uh, first of all, I must apologize. Well, first of all, I must say this. Preston came up with a good name for our viewers and listeners, Marbleheads. Oh, yeah. I like it. I'm going to coin it. We're going to make a t-shirt out of it. Marble maybe heads. sell some. So I must apologize to all the Marbleheads out there in, in the Marbles Nation. Last week, we had a bit of an issue here growing pains we didn't get to your questions we will make sure to get to them today and that was just an unfortunate technical error on our side growing pains but we'll definitely get to them today make sure everything is spick and span for this our ninth episode championship week and coming up preston but before we get to that got some news to talk about here in the world of racing what you got well mainly uh matt tiff who had that seizure in Martinsville that is scary seizure. Who's he's officially out of the race car for 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now this opens up the door for people like John Hunter Nemechek, John Hunter Nemechek, or Daniel Hemmerich. Daniel Hemmerich, which I'm reading both have talked to their candidates. Both of them have talked to. Talk. I've heard rumors that John Hunter Nemechek is going to be. I'd rather the guy. see Hemmerich in it because I think Nemechek is running very well in the Xfinity series. Give him time to develop a little bit more, then bump him up to Cup. Well. I mean, well, knowing that David Reagan's spot is open as well, I don't think they've they have anybody for that yet. True. So maybe Daniel Hemrick. There? Maybe both. Maybe both. I've if, also heard that Daniel Suarez might be out at SHR. That hasn't been confirmed yet. I'm reading it right now from uh, Adam Stern's Twitter page, 
and it's still being worked on. It's not confirmed whether he's Didn't staying. Did it come down to him having a, was it was sponsorships, I think it Something was? Something about 7 to $10 million of funding secured in order to keep him. Okay, so it might have been coming down to whole sponsorships and all that other stuff then. It could be. Yeah, we'll wait and see about that. It's still silly season. I mean, people have been thrown into the cars right before the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, there was also uh, penalty reports that came out of Phoenix as well for uh yeah, I think Brad, Brad Keselowski. Yeah. Paul Wolf. Paul Wolf got ten thousand dollar fine, and JJ uh, Yaley's crew chief. They were both each fined ten thousand dollars for a lug nut. That is an expensive lug yeah, nut mess yeah. up. That's a lot of money, I think. Ooh. But it's the rule, and yeah, hey, gotta play by the rules. Gotta absolutely pet play by the rules here, and just like anything else. But uh, one of the big things I was looking at here is Bubba Wallace. Yeah. So he had an issue where what is it? Texas in Texas, he spun. Yeah. And people were thinking he spun intentionally. Mm-hmm. And last week, we kind of covered it a little during the question and Q&A, which unfortunately no one heard. But we were talking about, it's a judgment call by NASCAR, but how can you tell if somebody spun intentionally or not? Yeah. However, Bubba solved that uh, mystery for us here in this statement that was uh, picked up by Dustin Long, who's a NASCAR reporter, auto racing reporter. But this is what he had to say. Well, you learned you did what again? I learned from Brad and Joey. So are you worried about anything or? Like what? Until they do anything, no. Not the only one to do it. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm racing for myself, not yeah. for Larson, not for Chevrolet. <laughs> At that moment, for myself, I'm doing multiple laps now. Okay. He kind of shot himself in the foot. Ooh, That's self-incrimination did. right there. NASCAR had no choice but to fine him $50,000, dock him 50 driver points, uh, for violating section 10.8 of the rule book, causing or attempting to cause a caution period. But then you look back at Martinsville. Yeah. Where Joey Logano did the same thing, might have done the same thing to prevent from going a couple laps down. Martinsville yeah. is a different track than Texas. Mm-hmm. However, people say Logano did the same thing, spun out on purpose, saved himself from going down a couple laps. Now, what's the difference, people ask? Logano didn't say anything about it. Bubba Wallace did. Yeah, he he did all right, and... I mean, I'm right there with you. Shot himself in the foot. I, what really caught my attention there was when he said, I'm not racing for Chevrolet at that moment. I'm like, oh, yikes. I mean, that is, you are in a Chevrolet. I mean, you're shooting yourself in the foot along with manufacturers as well. Well, Bubba, I, I said it before in a previous episode. I want to like this guy. Yeah. I really want to like Bubba Wallace. But his attitude, I can't. I can't. I don't like it sometimes. I, I don't know. There's something about it. I I can kind of get down with his attitude at times. I can, I think. I think every driver has an attitude, but yeah. him more so than anything. I don't know whether it's just him as a person, if he brings it upon himself. Yeah. I don't know. Now, if I if we saw, like, better results out of him, then maybe, yeah. But, like, at this point, the way, with the way his attitude is at the moment, you kind of think that, like, maybe he's on, like, the downhill at the moment already, and he's just. Um, right. What is? I mean, if he was running, like you said, maybe top fives, top tens, maybe a win or two, and had that happen, maybe if he was in the chase and he was playing his cards, absolutely. But the fact that he wasn't and this happened and he shot himself in the foot by talking about it, NASCAR had no choice. Yeah. In my opinion, they had mm-hmm. no choice whatsoever than to say, you're in trouble. Don't let this happen again. Yeah. That's Absolutely. a lot of money. That's a lot more than a lug nut violation. Yeah, yeah, that is a lot of money. That's uh, do I feel sorry for him? Yeah, I mean, I don't feel sorry for no. someone who shoots himself in the foot. 
Yeah. It's just that's just going to raise a lot of questions. Now, if they went on the implication and the assumption that he spun out two calls to caution without him saying anything and then gave him the $50,000 fine, I would feel pretty bad. Yeah. It's like, man, you didn't even know if he did it on purpose. We could all just assume that he did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. But the now that he said something and shot himself in the foot, I don't know. Yeah. Well. It's just one of those things. But we got a special show from store for you. We're going to go over the Brazilian uh Preview the Brazilian Grand Prix for Formula One and pre- uh, preview the all three series, Truck Xfinity and Cup for Homestead. We also have one of Preston's friends calling into the show. We're going to try uh, something new here at End of Marbles where eventually down the line we'd like to shoot out a tweet or get on Facebook and say, hey, we're recording, uh, have the opportunity for Marbleheads to call, call in yeah. and talk about the show, talk about whatever's on their mind in the racing world. I think it'd be more prevalent next year. Mm-hmm, absolutely especially with the start of the new seasons. Mm-hmm. But we're going to give it a shot. Uh, who's calling in? Uh, Maples. Maples. What's his first name? Uh, James. See? James. James. James but Maples. He goes by Maples a well, lot. He li- that's, he my, lives, that's me. I did that. He lives in Tennessee, and he's a big race fan. Yes, he is. So we're going to get a chance to talk to James. You can call him James. I'm going to call him Maples. Well, I'm going to call him James. Okay. I don't know the guy. Him? I don't know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, um, we're looking forward to that. So we have a lot of new stuff going on here in Marvel. So we're going to go ahead and jump into a preview for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. Brazil. Okay, so the championship season for Formula One has pretty much wrapped up. Yeah. Hamilton's the champion. Yep. Mercedes is the constructors' champion. Nobody's racing for championships here. Yeah, go shot, go figure. But know. I've really liked Brazil in the past. It's always been different. It's been, you know, it could rain, a lot of rain there from time to time, mm-hmm. a lot of drama there. But if I were Mercedes at this point, I would play experiments. Yeah. I don't have anything to prove on the track. Start from the back, try something new, start, try some new stuff. Mm-hmm. What have you got to lose? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> if I was Mercedes, I'd be like, we've done it like this all year to ensure a championship for both constructors and Hamilton. Let's try it like this. To see what we could do better for 2020. Mm-hmm. I like that. And if I was any other team on the field, I would do the same thing. Let's try stuff new. We're not battling for a championship anymore. We're not battling for a constructors championship anymore. Let's see if we could get something new out of these cars and possibly take it to Mercedes next year. Love to see Haas do better next year. Last year, uh, last year's winner was uh, Lewis Hamilton, of course. Uh. Won in t- 2018 and 2016, so two out of three years he won. And Sebastian Vettel was the 2017 winner, three-time winner there. Knows his way around Brazil, which is a 2.66-mile track. You're going to be doing 71 laps, which equals to 190.064 miles. Wow. All pretty, right. Pretty fast race. I'll give you five bucks if you could tell me who won the first race and when it was held. Oh, great. Yeah, well, I, that's not happening. Okay. So. so the first race was in 1972. It was won by Carlos Rudiman. Hmm. Alan Prost has most wins at that track at six in 82, 84, 85, 87, 88, and 90. Wow. That's almost like the Lewis Hamilton of that day and age. Well, when he was there with McLaren, yeah. he was dominating. And then Senna came in and battled. They both battled and we're going to have a special in the marbles and during the offseason about Ayrton Senna and that whole thing because that was an amazing thing. Maybe the 1980, what's it, 1978 and 1976 with James Hunt and Nicky Lauder where Rush was based on. That mm-hmm. was a great season. We'll get more into that in the offseason. But 
Here's what I found. First pole winner of this race was Emerson Fittipaldi. Ran that 2.66 miles in 2 minutes, 32.4 seconds. Pole for last year was 1 minute, 7.281 by Lewis Hamilton. Wow. That is, a different, that is a difference of 1 minute, 25 seconds. Wow. So pretty much Lewis Hamilton did two laps to his one. That shows you how far... Uh Wow. They've advanced the technology. That, I, I think that's that's amazing. That's to uh, me. that is very amazing. That's impressive. And so we're looking forward I'm looking forward to that. It's always a good race in Brazil. Anything you're looking at from Formula One no, going into I, Brazil? I can see some people going for a win, but I mean I I kinda like your idea of go out there and kind of experiment. You know, it is last race, like you said, championships already wrapped up. Structure championship. And then you have Abu Dhabi in a couple weeks. Yeah. But why not experiment at this point if you're Ferrari, Haas, they need, Renault, yeah, you Williams? At, yeah, you need something to, you know, they need to be, at this point, going over everything. I mean, I know, I'm sure they go over everything after every week, but, like, you need to be combining everything from over the season. You need to keep doing more, you know, R&D at this point, or at least trying to, and experimenting in the race. Right. So you can work towards next year. I mean, somebody's got to dethrone Mercedes at this point. They've got to do something. I think Haas needs to do something. I think more Americans would be more interested in Formula One if Haas did better, the only American team. Yeah. And if there was an American driver in the sport. Yeah. It would be nice to see an American driver. I mean, who was the last one? Scott Speed? I'm not sure. A a few years ago. I think in 2007 was our last American driver there. Ever since then, no American driver. I think if Americans want to watch an international sport like Formula One that's Mm -hmm. representative of all countries, Italy, Australia, Germany, Britain, Finland, Switzerland, Mexico, Canada, why isn't there an American driver? I would love to see an American driver in Formula One. That would be my guy. Yeah. Even if he drove for Williams, that's my guy. Yeah. Even better if he drove for Haas. Yeah. That would be the perfect scenario. Yeah. Then teams going to Charlotte for the Coke 600 weekend or whatever could go by Kannapolis Mm -hmm. and see Haas F1. And I wanted to do that when we were at the Roval. Yeah. But then we had to go to Disney World. And I wanted to say, we, not you, me and my (laughs) wife, had to go to Disney World. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Did you get Disney Plus? Oh yeah, I did. Okay, Absolutely, good. I'm enjoying so you're, it. You're you're with the uh, you're along with the uh, I read it this morning ten plus million people that have also signed up for it. Wow, that's a lot of money. That's crazy <laughs> for Disney. <laughs> now that we've uh, gotten the uh, Disney Plus out of the way, let's get into NASCAR, shall we? Green, green, green. Ford Championship Weekend at Homestead. Oh, is that what it was? Ford Championship Weekend? Is it still that? For this year. Next year, it's not going to be. I don't oh. know what's going to happen. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know what's going to happen next year. What? I don't think anybody knows what? what's going to happen next year. It's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out next year with sponsorships and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, there's supposed to be like to me at least. sponsors, right? It's supposed to be just a NASCAR Cup Series next year for yeah. the main sponsor. I'm, I'm sure Xfinity's going to stay and Gander Outdoor's going to stay. But as far as the Cup Series, I don't know who's going to stay and who's going to go. I think Monster's going to be in cooperation with like Coca-Cola and a few other guys Yeah, from what I'm reading. Mm. We'll see, though. Yeah. All right, so getting into the Truck Series race here. We just finished up the Lucas Oil 150 at ISM. Very good race. Yep, I enjoy it. I always enjoy Truck Series. Yeah, Truck Series is a lot of fun. I think this one was a little more intense than maybe a few other ones in the past couple of weeks just because it is that final cutoff race. If you want to, you're in that top six and you want to go for a championship at Homestead, you got to be doing well. But a few names came to mind. Uh, Matt Crafton in the final four here for this week's race in Homestead. Finished third in stage one and second in stage two and finished sixth overall. So very good run for Matt Crafton, showing that momentum. Stuart Friesen won this past weekend in ISM. 
Very good momentum going into Homestead. Mm -hmm. Ross Chastain had a good run, finished fourth in stage one, and then ninth in the race, but didn't finish any points in stage two. That didn't really affect him any in the overall standings going into Homestead. But I think it's going to be a good race in Homestead. But what are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, this coming up race in Homestead? I think it's going to be exciting. Like I said, the Truck Series is always good races to watch. Um, I was looking, I'm still at this moment, looking over the standings heading into the weekend. Just, I mean, because like there's all kinds of, it gives you different stats for, throughout the year. Like, you know, like the, of the top four drivers, how many laps each they've led at all this season. I'm looking at Matt Crafton. This guy's got no wins heading into the championship weeding and only 35 laps led all season. You think he can do that? He, he, he well, could pull it off. I mean, he, could. He, he, he has done it before. Absolutely, he's done it before. But, I mean, like, I don't know. I really want, like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, Ross Chastain. That's who I really am looking forward to seeing if he's going to win or that's not. That's my pick to win everything. It's been my pick for a while, Ross Chastain. You know what those stats have that I do? Average finishes at Homestead. Oh, let's hear it. All right, so here we go. Brett Moffitt has one start at Homestead in the trucks, which is last year. He's the defending champ. He has an average finish of one for Brett Moffitt. Okay. So Brett Moffitt has one start and has one win there. Hmm. The second place guy there is Ross Chastain with eleven point three, an average finish of 11.3 and starts in 2018. 2014 and 2012. A very spread out runs there in Homestead for Ross Chastain. But out of three starts there, average finish of 11.3. Then you have Stuart Friesen, which has an average finish of 13.3. And then Matt Crafton, 14.3. So if you want to maybe look at momentum and confidence going into this race, you would say Brett Moffitt, one start, one win. Yeah. That's pretty good stats to me. And it is. But then you have Ross Chastain, but you have Stuart Friesen, who won last week. It's like, I can keep doing this. I can keep this momentum going into Homestead. Yeah. Then you have the Matt Crafton, the veteran, who knows how to get it done, has gotten it done before. Will we get it done again? We shall see. Yeah. And then Ross Chastain, my pick. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to come down to... Qualifying efforts at this point? Well, I, I don't know. Truck series, maybe not so much. I would say it would come down to qualifying efforts in like the Xfinity series or like the Cup, probably. You probably right. want to be starting near the front at this point, especially in Cup. You want all those stage points you can get the two. Yeah, exactly. So you, you want, want those, to be starting You want those stage front. wins to give you a little bit of a buffer. You mm-hmm. want those good stage finishes, and you don't want anybody else to get stage points, but everybody here in the top four in each of the... Three so series are going to go for stage wins and so stage it's, points. So they're including the stage points in there? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I would think so. Why wouldn't they? Well, I mean, I'm just thinking that since it's just the top four, I mean, in years past, it's always just been the highest finisher. I don't know if they were going to account for them stage points or not. That's a good question. Did they do it last year? I don't know. See, I don't, I don't recall. Remember I don't either. recall. I'm so this is this is really hurting right now that I don't remember. It's okay. I don't remember either. We'll keep track of it, but I would think you'd either way for stages, you want to stay up front. You yeah. just want to stay up front, give yourself a good track position and a clean air. We've seen clean air make a big difference with this rule package. 
especially in the cup level. But then we go to Xfinity. So Ross Chastain. So before that, Ross Chastain's my pick. Who's your pick? To win the championship? To win the championship. Ooh. Um, I'm probably going to go with Ross Chastain as well. Do you think... Though any of those uh, top four guys are going to, do you think any of you think they'll actually win the race? So I'm saying, like, do you think it's gonna a top four, one of the final four, excuse me, is going to win the win the race or not? I mean, we could say the Rush Chastain might win the championship, but do you think he would win the race? Well, if I'm looking at stats, then Brett Moffat is going to be up there. Stuart Friesen's had a good year. I, I don't know. You just have to beat the other drivers. You yeah. don't necessarily have to win. It'd be great to win. Yeah. Secure it. 100%, but I can't tell you who's going to win. It's going to be tough. I could probably t- look at the cup level and say who's going to win. The truck series is so much more unpredictable to me than that is very true. You than the, a good than the cup series. Even the Xfinity series is pretty well, predictable it, what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, you're right. The big three. But then we go into Xfinity. Great race at ISM there. I thought Christopher Bell was going to run away with it like he was. He won stage one, won stage two. Then had a speeding penalty on pit road, which cost him to go to the back. And from there, it was just trouble all day. Yeah. Spun out, had a flat tire. Nothing went right for him. Didn't even finish in the top 10. But someone who uh, was very impressed, I was very impressed with, was Zane Smith. Finished 8th in Stage 1, 10th in Stage 2, and 5th in the race. So Zane Smith was a very good driver, but Justin Allgaier won that race. First win of the season. First win in the season. That? Doesn't even talk about winning when you need to. It was very good to see him win. Congratulations to Justin Allgaier, a fan of In the Marbles Twitter. So very good for him. So going into Homestead, you have Allgaier, Bell, Tyler Redrick and Cole Custer. And here are the stats for that. Redick out of those has two starts, but an average finish of 2.5. Christopher Bell has two starts. Check this out. Average finish of 23.5. Oh. Which hasn't necessarily meant anything. These these standings are just a quick, in my mind, the barometer of where they might do. But he's definitely grown up and raced a lot better this year than he has in years past. Yeah. So I think he's a little more focused now on, I got to do this. I'm about to be a NASCAR cup driver. Let's learn a little more patience at this level. Because when you get up to comp, it's a whole different ball game. So average finish for Bell at Homestead in two starts, 23.5. Then you have Cole Custer with an average finish of 6.6. And Justin Allgaier, average finish of 8.3. My money is on Bell. He's run so consistent all year, but my pick for to win the Xfinity Series Championship is Justin Allgaier. Oh, man, I was going to say that too. I, I kind of want Justin Allgaier. I'll let you go first in the cup level. Okay. Oh, and by the way, I did find out just now that I mean, the uh, Final Four drivers, championship drivers, will be ineligible to score stage round points. So it's just going to come down to it the just comes down to Okay, exactly. so it comes down to, I don't care if you finish 15th, as long as everybody else finishes 16th on back. Yeah, exactly. So the they stage just, points aren't going to matter. I mean, yeah, they're probably going to, they're still going to race and probably win stages because they want to stay up front the whole time. But right, but it's not going to matter. It's no, not going to matter. Okay, so we go into Cup, the big championship race day of the year, in my opinion. The Blue Green Vacation 500 at ISM, very good race. One of the most memorable I've seen. Denny Hamlin won that race. Chase Elliott in a must-win had great stage one, finished second, stage two, finished third, and just wrecked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Costing him a chance at the championship. You could just see the look when he got out of the car, just, ugh. Yep. Just, oh, my goodness. It's a shame, man. It, it, it was a shame. 
Ryan Blaney gave it his all. He did. Finished seventh in stage one, fifth in stage two, and third in the race. Gave it his all. Has nothing to hang his head about. He had a great year. He sure did. I think he'll be winning a little more races next year. He's getting used to that team. He's going to be up there, I think, next year to do very well. Joey Logano was also eliminated. Finished fourth in stage one. Let's see here. Stage two. One stage two. And then finished ninth in the race. So just couldn't hack it. But what amazed me, Hamlin was on a rail. He was running so well. Didn't want to see a caution. Caution came out with about five to go. Yeah, that was for David Reagan, I think it was. Yeah, David Reagan. A, was it a flat tire? Yeah, a flat tire. He hit the wall. He hit the wall. Okay, I didn't. They didn't really. I didn't really see where yeah, he hit the he, wall. The, yeah, I just he, saw that he was. Yeah, he was slow, but slow he, he was. He had right side damage, but he hit the wall. Right out the caution. I can only imagine Denny Hamlin just no. Yeah, I thought for sure that we were getting set up for then, something good. Then I think we did because he. His crew chief made a call of two tires. Mm-hmm. Everybody else behind them, besides someone else, I forget who, I think it was um, Kyle Bush had two tires as well, got four tires. I thought he was dead in the water. But then that restart happened. They're all racing, and he just got out front and held it, held it. Kyle Bush was coming. Kyle Bush wanted to win that race. Yeah. But I wonder if Kyle Bush was thinking, I want to see, I'd rather race against him, a teammate at Homestead, Vice, Joey Logano. Yeah, it- Ryan Blaney's momentum was killed big time when they went down. You know, they were all, all ran three wide right there at the restart, and then they got down to the, the turn, and then Kyle Busch, he had pretty much got running Ryan Blaney all the way down to the bottom, and then Ryan Blaney was pretty much just on that flat part of the apron. And that pretty much kills your momentum at that point. Absolutely, so. and it was just a good race overall. Hamlin ended up winning, secured that ticket to Homestead. Not really a must-win but at the same time, it was one of those, it was good to see him win. So going into Homestead, you have Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Martin Turex Jr., and Kyle Busch racing for a championship. Mm-hmm. And if anything's going to be tight, it's going to be this race. So average finish there for Denny Hamlin is 10th. For Harvick, it's 3.3. Martin Truex Jr., 13th. And Kyle Busch, 4th. But that's this, this is where it gets interesting to me. Those our average finishes for the past three races. Denny Hamlin has two wins at that track, 2013 and 2009. Kevin Harvick has one win in 2014, which happened to be a championship year. Yeah. Martin Truex Jr. also won one win 2017, his championship year. Mm-hmm. Kyle Busch, one win 2015, his championship year. Yeah. Is this Denny Hamlin's year? I think so. Oh, I said you were going to go first, but I have to spoil it. No, it's... Uh, Denny, I mean, Hamlin, it's Denny Hamlin's my pick to Ooh, win the 2019... Okay. Monster Energy Cup. Okay. His first championship. I like it. Good pick. He's going up against three champions, three very good drivers, two teammates, a good driver in Kevin Harvick, who is Stuart Haas's banner driver. Absolutely. Third, his driver number one. He's going up against three past champions. This isn't going to be easy for Hamlin to make it through. But I think in the momentum, he has six wins of the season. I saw him win at Bristol. I saw him win at Daytona. I think he's this is Denny Hamlin's year to win it. A lot of people on Facebook commenting on Facebook saying Harvick, Truex. Nobody said Hamlin. But I, I'm saying Denny Hamlin's our pick. I, or the pick. I say Kevin Harvick. That's a good pick, too. But, see, I say Harvick, and then, like, I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. I think, I mean, Denny Hamlin would be a good pick as well. But if I had to pick anyone other than Harvick, I'd probably say Truex. True. Kyle Busch is always a threat there. Average finish of fourth. But I think I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick on this one. Okay. Going with the solid pick. 
My pick's Denny Hamlin. That's who I think is going to win. So that's our picks to win the race and the championship for all three series. Now we're going to go down to rate the race. We're going to start off with truck. What do you rate the race at for truck? Uh, about an 8.7. I gave it an 8.2. Okay. The highest I gave it was memorability, and that was just because it was a all-around good race to me yeah. like that. So in me, to me, that was an 8.2. Xfinity, I gave it an 8.8 just because Christopher Bell wrecked. Not wrecked. Christopher Bell had that issue mm-hmm. and couldn't rebound from it. Yeah. And Tyler Reddick, or Tyler Reddick, <laughs> Justin Allgaier won. I keep forgetting that. That poor guy, man. I'm such a klutz when it comes to names, man. So Justin Allgaier won. I think that was great for Junior Motorsports and Justin Allgaier's confidence going into Homestead. Yeah. What do you rate the race at? Uh, around 8.5. 8.8. Okay, 8.5 for Preston, 8.8 for me. Cup race. Uh, it was... <sighs> About an 8.7. I mean, like, it was... You gave it an 8 point... I gave it a 9.6. You gave it a 9.6? I thought really? it was a great wow. race. I mean, it, I thought well, it was great at times, too. I mean, like, especially towards the end, it was pretty exciting. It was but. a... Well, it, it was it was a fast race. It was only two two hours and 45 minutes long. I guess it's because sometimes I just expect a little bit more out of it. I don't know. Like you, like I said, I'm... I thought it was fun. Sometimes I'm just stuck kind of, like, in the early 2000s. That was, one of, well, that was the, one of the races that I, I usually find Phoenix a bore to watch now that they reconfigured it it's a little different it's not, I, mean, I stay up and watch it now it's, i like it, the it reconfiguration i thought I, it was I a lot of fun. It. all right switching gears from the cup race we got a very special guest on in the marbles justin maples G- it's james maples james man. maples hey, what we got james maples on the phone james how's it going uh, going good hello out there we're on the air that's right you are our first phone guest here at in the marbles i'm honored you should be honored. This is great. So, again, in the Marble fans, we're eventually going to get to the point where you can hopefully call into the show, but Maples here happens to be our first one. This is Preston's friend. Now, how do you two know each other? Uh, I've known Preston for a minute. Uh, we met, I think, he just graduated high school when I met him. And I don't exactly know how it happened, but it's, we've, been going, we've been friends for a while now. You know what's funny about that, Maples? I don't know how it happened with myself and Preston either. It just happened. It did happen one day at the fire station. That's right. It did happen at the fire. Well, he just happened to hear me talk about NASCAR, and it just all snowballed from there. So, Maples, you are you a race fan? I take it you are. Uh, big race fan for a long time. Who's your driver? Uh, right now, it's uh, Ryan Blaney, but I have a few that I follow, like Corey LaJoy, uh, Daryl Wallace, we just uh, ha- and SHR cars as well. Okay, we just happened to talk about Daryl Wallace, old Bubba Wallace here, and... Uh, Tell me uh, your opinion on the uh, fine that NASCAR handed down. You think Wallace shot himself in the foot, should have kept his mouth shut, or you think it was a fair penalty? What is, what's your input on that? I mean, Bubba's going to be honest with you for the camera in the front of his face. Should he have kept his mouth shut? Yeah. Is he kicking himself about it? Yeah. I know that uh, that wallet's feeling a whole lot lighter without 50 grand in it. Absolutely. I'd be pretty upset for a 50 grand. I thought a lug nut penalty was steep at 10 grand. Oh, that's what happens when you uh, start running your mouth and just shoot yourself in the foot out there. It's true. I, I, I want to hear you the repercussions with Chevrolet at this point, you know? Yeah, we'll get there. What was that, Justin? Uh, you got you to gotta send a message if you're NASCAR. It's true. That's I, all I, that was. I think, I think that's what it is, too. You have to send a message saying this is un, unacceptable and go from there. You live in Tennessee, right? I do. I've got two hours from Bristol. Oh, okay. Well, I was just at Bristol for the night race. Were you there by any chance? Uh, I'm trying to go, but, you know, work gets in the way and school as well. So yeah. I couldn't really afford to take off and pay to go there. Yeah, it just happened. We were going to be up in the mountains that weekend, and I asked my wife, can I go? 
And she said, sure. But then I invited her, and she said, no, I invited my wife. You have to invite the wives if you're going to a NASCAR race. That counts. Then you could go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do for a living there, Maples? Um, I, I work two jobs. I work at uh, Neyland Stadium on the Grand Strike. Oh, wow. And then I'm a trash collector at a couple of apartment complexes in the area. Okay. That's good. So, good, honest work. Yes, yeah, the blue-collar deal. Yeah, I mean. Nothing too fancy. Blue-collars keep the rest of the country running while the white collars rake it all in sometimes Ooh, yeah. from what everybody from what it feels uh, like <laughs> but we're not here to talk about politics politics is the last thing we'd ever talk yeah. about in the marbles no this is a racing podcast that's right it's a racing podcast and you know we definitely want to reach out to our fans more but uh how are you liking the podcast so far uh, i like it um man you gotta work out the bugs no everybody has it's growing a, pains absolutely and i've never been a producer so me working a soundboard it's like Watching Helen Keller try to work it sometimes, yeah, just it not is, knowing what's going like, on. It does look like that a lot. I have no idea there. what I'm doing sometimes. It's a good thing there's no big red buttons on it. There is a big red button right well, there. It doesn't say like you know like eject or anything like that. Right, because you would have already pressed it at this I, point. I would have, but yeah, it's a learning curve. We appreciate your support definitely on that and. Being our first caller, that's awesome, man. Appreciate you being kind of the guinea pig for this. Uh, no problem. Anytime you'll need somebody, call in, test them out, give me a holler. Absolutely, man. So since you're on the phone, who's your pick to win this weekend between Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Marty Trex Jr., and Kyle Busch? Yeah, well, I don't know. Hamlin's proven this year, kicking off with the W at the 500 and then winning his way into the Final Four, that he can stand up in the big moments. Um, Kyle Busch has been out to lunch for, um, since the middle of summer, so I don't think he's much of a threat. Cole Pern and Truex are going to have that Toyota running well, but you can't really count on Harvick, and I think he's going to take it. Okay. Uh, I read somewhere on Twitter today that uh, if NASCAR had never changed points format, he would be in the was it six points ahead going into Homestead, looking to tie up his fourth title. Wow. Imagine, yeah, you could rewrite the history book so much by saying, let's go back to the old format and see what happens. Yeah, you could. You do that a lot, but it's not the yep. way. It's not the way it is. What is it? Gordon should have seven. Yeah, it, something like that. It if it was old like points, but you yeah. can't. I don't like really going back on that. I like playing that. What if it's fun? But saying, oh, have, Ari would have four if they didn't change the points. But like, well, he doesn't have four. Everybody would have raced different. Exactly. You know? Everybody would have raced. I think a little different and had stage points in mind. Vice something else. But you bring up a good point. But yeah, you and uh, Preston. Have the same pick to win Homestead. Great minds think alike. That's all I got to say on that one. Great minds think alike. Maples, you've been into? Uh, have you been to any um, dirt track races lately? I know that you're always telling me about them. Uh, I mean, I've been to I've been to a few since uh, college football season started up. Can't really get to the dirt track on Saturday when I'm working football games. Oh yeah, well yeah, that's true. Well, but, how far away? You said there's one, I don't know, like 10 or 15 minutes away, right? Oh, well, I'm about to move in with my girlfriend, so, like, there's one 10 minutes from her house. Ooh. Well, there's two, like, within 30 minutes of her house. Then we've got, like, four or five within two hours of where I'm at. So there's dirt racing's alive and well in Tennessee. I actually went to my first sprint car race this year, and that was interesting. That'd be fun to go to a sprint car race. Yeah, it would be. I would love to go to one of those. Well. Maybe we can do a podcast from uh, Knoxville because I'm trying to get Preston to come with me to uh, Knoxville, Iowa in a couple of years to go to the Sprint Car Nationals there. I don't know why Preston hasn't jumped on that hand grenade. I, I don't know, man. It's weird. I, I feel like I'm giving him plenty of notice, too. <laughs> I feel like that, too. And the, the short time that I've known Preston is like, hey, let's do this. And Preston says, okay. And never really, you have to take him by the hand and say, let's go. <sighs> 
Come on now. That's not yep. that bad. It's not that bad. But I don't think you can book an Airbnb two years out, so, so I'm still waiting to collect money. Oh, yeah, there we go. I'll start a GoFundMe account. Yeah, there we go. I don't I don't think it works like that. It could. It could, but those GoFundMe is meant for, like, you know, oh, I was in a serious car accident. And yeah, but you, do people start GoFundMes for anything these days. Are you kidding me? This is true. This is true. I could go out and say that my feelings Bubba are Bubba Wallace hurt. probably needs a GoFundMe by now. There you go. Bubba, See, Bubba Wallace, Wallace needs a GoFundMe. And maybe in the Marvels should have a GoFundMe. Nah. I'd rather do it right. <laughs> I, I want to do it right. Yeah. I'm saying GoFundMe is not a bad place to go, but maybe, <laughs> but yeah, Bubba Wallace, I think, would need one. Okay, so Harvick for the championship for you and Maples, Preston, and I got Hamlin to win it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Did you put a poll out on Facebook to ask? I, I did not. People, like, I, I put, some, I put something on there, and everybody said either Truex or anybody but Kyle Bush. Everybody but Kyle Bush was picked. Well, I'm pretty sure that. I'm pretty sure we would get that anywhere. Anybody but Kyle Bush at this point. Right. Well, Maples, uh, are, are you. Um, I take it you're from Charleston? Uh, I am. I graduated from Hanahan a year after Preston. And when was that? Uh, was it 2011? Yeah. Wow. Young kids. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. Young, Young kids. kids. Jeez. Okay, Boomer. Yeah. That was like nine years ago for me, man. It's... Yeah. How old are you, Beamer? 33. Okay, well, see, there you go. I'm 27. It's not that far. It's... It's decent. That's the difference. Do you want me to look at you and call you an old man? I've been called an old man before, and it hurt my feelings. It really hurt. Oh. <laughs> I've never been told by a kid, yeah, you're Justin. you're old. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Wow. But, yeah, hey, and the next time you're in the neighborhood there, Mables, we'd like to maybe have you in the studio. We have a third microphone that's just kind of stating, sitting there waiting to be used, but maybe we'll bring you into the studio and we could uh, talk to you a little more in depth about racing, man. Yeah, sounds good, bud. We'll knock the cobwebs off of there. Yeah, yeah, or maybe we'll bring you a monthly guest or something. Keep you informed because it seems right. like you, seems like you know your stuff and he's kind of like our. I'm the reason co- why Preston knows his stuff for the show. Yeah, we I coined him like the in the he's the end of Marbles like reporter because anything he hears he he, he oh, texts wow. me okay. and then I go right to Twitter like if I'm not on Twitter at the time and he's That's interesting. He's told me a couple things. I mean, Mabel's even said something about there's a uh, story of if Kyle Bush is cheating on his wife or not. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Okay, that's not racing related. That uh, technically is racing related. That is a driver, okay? <laughs> yeah, but who cares? I, I mean... That's, that's, that's off, if it's off the racetrack, I don't care. Oh. Like, I watched Racing Wives, that CMT show... I watched Racing Wives thinking it'd be about <laughs> racing. That is so not. bad. And it was not about racing at all. I thought it was going to be like, no, so this is what. The, you know, and, and I was so, it, it was disappointed me. Well, I mean. It seemed like stage really drama. Just, high expectations for Yeah, it, I thought it was going to be about racing. 
Oh, it's the only on. reason I DVR'd it. I said, oh, man, a show about racing from the wives' perspectives. Yeah, no, those it was shows just are all, all about drama. Drama. There you go. Oh, it was so disappointing for me. And how? And, and then they're sitting there saying, so this is how the car works. I'm like, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I want to know something that I don't know. Oh, well. And that show isn't going to give me that information. No, not at all. All right. Well, Maples, thank you for coming on to the show. We appreciate it. Again, this is just a test at first, and it seemed to work out well that we're going to have in the future, maybe callers call in saying we're talking about this if you want to chime in. Yeah. And we'll definitely have Maples back on the show later. But, again, uh, stay stay warm up there in Tennessee. I know it's cold down here. I'm sure it's cold up there as well. Oh, yeah. We got some snow on the ground. Okay, you're a bit colder than us. <laughs> a bit colder than us. But, hey, thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it, and uh, you take it easy. We'll definitely get back to you. Hey, no problem. You take it easy as well. All right, buddy. Thank you. No problem. See you, well. See ya. So that was our first interview at In the Marbles. Or, or not first interview, first phone conversation here at In the well, Marbles. yeah, because we've, we've done an interview in person we've with We've done Charlie. an interview in person with Charlie. Hope to do uh, get Charlie back on the show here soon. But yeah. now that we know it works, we can do this for... The Marbleheads out there to call in anytime they want. Look at that. During it's the like, show. Things are we, happening. Huh? Now we have a little bit of more of a fan interaction vice with social media. I think it's a big step. You I know? think it's a it's big, big step, step for us. But thanks again for Maples for calling in. And now we're going to get into our final thoughts here at In the Marbles. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go. One lap right here. So including it in our final thoughts is from last week, oh, yeah. the fan questions that we messed up on. Yeah, it was... Not that we messed up on, that we had a technical glitch, too, and... We didn't even know we had the technical glitch until after. Well, I was editing it, and then I heard it, and it's like, I couldn't in good conscience post that. Yeah. Well, when you texted me, I was... I was so bummed, dude. It was, was such oh, a shot man. in the gut. I was, and I, I think that reflected in the episode. I think we only had, what, six, seven listens last episode? Yeah, we were doing... it. We, we were, were having doing... a great show last week, and then we got into that, and then, like... It I mean, just like, went it was... kaput. It was. I thought we did a great episode, and then you texted me later on, and you're like, "Oh, yo, we just lost a. We got a problem. Three quarters of our episode. Yeah, it was trash. That uh, was very tragic, is what it was. So pretty much what we're doing this week is making up for last week and answering the questions from the fans that posted online on Facebook a couple weeks ago. And the first question comes from Margaret Blair. And Preston, this should have been something we explained at the start of our podcast and our pilot episode. Yeah. But Margaret asked. What are marbles and how did we choose the name of the podcast? So marbles are the chunks of rubber that come off the tires during the course of a run in the race. And eventually they get thrown off on the sides of the track and NASCAR it's usually up in the upper grooves of the track that isn't used. Mm -hmm. And in Formula One, it's just on either side of the racing line. Yeah. And so there are these chunks of rubber. And if a driver were to go up into the marbles with their tires hot, it kind of acts like an adhesive and the chunks of rubber stick to the tire, causing it to kind of get loose. Cars are going to put the car to get loose. Yeah. And really somewhat un uncontrollable. Think of it of driving on a paved road and then going quickly onto a gravel road and the lost traction you'll have. Yeah. So those are marbles. Now, how we came up with our name is a very interesting story. So prior to us starting this podcast, the first thing we needed to do was come up with a name. Yes. And we thought of a ton of them. We thought of Pit Road Talk. Yeah. Did, I mean, you know what? I'm going to pull it up. I think I still have them, honestly. A couple of them, at least. It's like coming up with names is like... I don't even know how to explain it, how difficult it was. Like, you would think that coming up with a name is not the most difficult part of a podcast. but It was the most difficult part of our podcast. We had, one of them was the High Line, Around the Turn. That's just weird. Uh, 
Uh, Welcome to Highline with Matt Beamer and Preston Lude. Yeah. Bump Draft was one of them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure of how, how that, that one would have gone over. Either. Uh, All Clear was another one. I don't know. I, we just came up with so many, but then Preston texted me in the course of doing this mm-hmm. and said, in the marbles. Now, who? somebody texted you with that. Who was that? Maples. Maples, Maples. and I were talking about. Yeah, we were. I was mentioning to him we were still trying to find a name, and I can't really remember all of how it went down, but he kind of gave me like an idea because we were talking. I don't remember how it was, but Marbles was mentioned in there and thrown in there, and then, you know, the name came about, and then I. that's when I texted you. It was it, like a late at night thing. It was. It, it was like maybe ten o'clock. Yeah. When we were trying to go over there, because I was trying to figure out logos and what would look good and everything, mm-hmm. and that came up. It was just a light bulb. It was like that's the name. Yeah. Right there in the we were, well, we were also trying to. Uh, you and I were both like, we need something that's like not. We need something that was different. Not cliche, else. and in the marbles came up with it, and that was the name of the podcast, and that's how we got our name. After every couple names that we went over like i would go on like twitter or something like type in and see if i did the same thing on facebook and and a lot of them came up and a lot of things came up on on facebook and twitter and youtube but not in the marbles the marbles is and the marbles was great unique in that so that was our first question from margaret blair thank you so much margaret for asking that question our second question comes from Susan Blades. Penske buying IndyCar series and Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Good or bad? Shades of cart. I think it's a great thing. I, I think it is so great that someone that devoted to IndyCar and that much history at Indianapolis Motor Speedway has the passion and bought it. I completely agree. This is great. They're already talking about putting lights in at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Imagine the Indy 500 under the lights. I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, no. Because then you're conflicting with the Coke 600. Yeah. And I'm not about to switch back and forth between the Coke 600 and Indianapolis 500. Oh, no. Terrible. I I think that would be great. That not only opens up doors for Indy Racing Series as a series, Mm -hmm. but it also opens up doors for maybe using the road course as a track for NASCAR. They already use it for IndyCar. They used to use it for Formula One until that whole tire debacle, and they just stopped selling tickets and so IndyCar goes back for a second date then. IndyCar has two races there, the road course mm-hmm. before the 500 and then the big race to 500. See, now now that you say it like that, that could open a door for like a NASCAR and IndyCar weekend racing racing on the road course. Maybe NASCAR decides, hey, maybe we can have another road course. Absolutely. Then you can have a, like a big weekend. And I think that would be great for both series. Yeah. Both series. On top of that, she um the second part of the question, Shades of Cart. We could get really in the weeds with this part of the question. I think this part of the question is best saved. And I did a little bit of research and we're going to devote a whole show to it during the off season because you could pretty much compare cart to IRL, which is the Indy racing league mm-hmm. as WWE or WWF and WCW during the Monday night wars. Ooh, yeah. They were two conflicting entities that were pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Open wheel racers, but doing completely different things. One was pretty much all American drivers and then the other one was all international drivers. And we're going to get more into that in the offseason. I think that deserves an episode of its own. Yeah. The IndyCar IRL feud. But to answer your question, Susan, again, I think it's great for not only IndyCar. I think it's great for NASCAR. I think it's great for the Speedway in general. So much history there. And to have someone that has a passion for it yeah. doing that, I think it's it's great for everybody. Good, It's a good... Um Step forward, I guess you could say. I, absolutely. And I, I don't even think there was a step. I think Indy, their biggest race of the year is obviously the Indianapolis 500. Yeah. But I, I enjoy IndyCar racing. 
It's, I think it's a fun series. You know, you watch it and, it's, and look at the stands. It's kind of like NASCAR where it's like, it's not many people there. Mm-hmm. I think this might put some wind in the sails and Penske could get more out of it than what the previous owner had into it. Yeah. So I'm going to let you start off with, lead off with this question, Preston. This is from Brian Stone. First race you have been to, how many racetracks have you been to and the favorite race you've been at? So we're going to start off with Ooh. first race. Uh See, it was early two thousands. It was it was a Bush Series race at the time. It was at Darlington. I remember my uh, my dad took me. He took me, and I believe my brother and my uncle went as well. We drove up there for the day. We were sitting in turn four, pretty low. So we we're pretty close to the track, but like you could still see everything. I just I can't remember the year, and I honestly don't remember who won because like even back then, like. I wasn't really caring who was win, going to win. I was just like, yo, I'm at a, a NASCAR race, even though it was just the Bush Series. It was right. still really cool. Absolutely. And I, I enjoyed it. It was great. One of, I mean, not my favorite memories of going to a race of all time, but when you're, I was, I wouldn't say a kid. I mean, I was young, but like when you get to go to your first race, you get to experience it all, even it just being Bush Series, like. That was really a lot of fun. It was Absolutely. really cool. Absolutely. Well, when was your first race? For Christmas in 2002, I got a box. And in those spots were tickets to the 2003 Atlanta race. Ooh. My dad, myself, my Uncle John, and a friend of ours named Bill Barker went to the race. We camped out, did the whole thing. It wasn't like the Rollville. Yeah. It was just a straight up pop up your tent, no power, no nothing. But it was in, I think, March. So it wasn't that hot. It wasn't that cold. It was just right. So my first race was the 2003 Atlanta race, Atlanta spring race. Bobby Bonnie won that race. And then if you want to go to... Formula One, my first Formula One race was Indianapolis 2004. Michael Schumacher won that race. Takuma Sato got his first podium in Formula One. And Ralph Schumacher actually wrecked and stopped right in front of us, injured his back during the uh, race. Oh, wow. So that was my first Formula One race in Indianapolis. And my first IndyCar race was Pocono 2015, where Justin Wilson was killed. Oof. So that was my first introduction to that. But what's crazy about that, Formula One I saw Juan Pablo Montoya race for BMW. Mm-hmm. Then I saw him race in Indy for Andretti. And then we saw him race in NASCAR for Ganassi. So I've seen Juan Pablo Montoya race in all three major racing series, Formula One, Indy, and NASCAR. Nice. So that was pretty cool. So that was my first NASCAR race. So second second question, how many tracks have we been to? Well, I've only been to two. I mean... W- what are the two tracks? Well, okay, so, well, see, I don't know. I could. I guess you could say you could count the Roval separately, but that's at the same track. I mean, that's still at Charlotte. Okay, so you've Motor been to Speedway Charlotte and Darlington. Yes. Okay. Been to Daytona as well, but not for a race. I think he means for a race. Okay, well, then it's just... It's just Darlington and Charlotte. Okay, so... I haven't really gotten to expand anywhere else yet. Well, not yet. Not yet. Patience, patience. But I've been to eight racetracks. Atlanta, my first one. Darlington, Daytona, Bristol, Charlotte for both Oval and Roval. Mm-hmm. Watkins Glen, Pocono, and New Hampshire. Impressive. Yeah. I bet the Watkins Glen one was probably really fun. There was a lot of history there. I remember walking onto the track. We had pre-race pit passes. Yeah. We walk onto the track, and I said to Caroline, Nikki Lauder raced on this track. <laughs> Who? <laughs> She just kind of looked at me like, whatever, this is more your vacation. <laughs> I'm just here. And she couldn't grasp it. If she was more of a race fan, and I can't blame her. She she had a great time there. We had a great time with Charlie. Charlie was actually there with us. Oh, okay. And we had a great time with them, with everybody. But when I told her that, I just kind of had this disgruntled, this deflated look on my face. Just how do you not understand that Nikki Lauder raced on this track, a Formula One legend? Yeah. Raced on this track. That's awesome. But Watkins Glen was fun. That's really... A lot of memories there. 
And then uh, his last question was, favorite race we've been to? This is by far one of the hardest questions I was ever asked. I, It's a hard question for me because I don't just, see, I don't just rate it on how, like, the race itself, but I also rate it on, like, maybe the weekend. Because, right. like, I mean, like, we've been, we go to Darlington just about every year, and there was one time a couple of years ago, we had, like, 15 people. We were, like, it was like a caravan of, like, three different vehicles. Going up for the, there for just the day, and uh, that was a really fun race to go. I I don't I think that was I want to say it was the second year of the throwback that Darlington was doing. But uh, yeah, that we enjoyed. We had a lot of fun that time. Uh, there was a time we went to Charlotte a couple years ago. We had like six to eight people. And Brian uh, Stone was there. Maples came. He he came down from right. Tennessee, and we had a hotel for the weekend and hang out the hotel. Then we went and you know tailgated for the race and had a lot of fun. But I mean, if I'm not counting those memories, which I think those are probably some of my favorite races, probably one of my other favorite races ever would have to be seeing Jeff Gordon win at Darlington in 2007. I think it was that was the day they moved it to Sunday because it rained all day on Saturday. Okay, and I really enjoyed that one. A lot. Very nice. This is a tough one for me because I've seen, to me, I, I'm a big history guy with auto racing. It's it's so much fun to me to witness history. Although I've I've been to a number of NASCAR races. Let's see here, 5, 10, 15, 20, 22 races. That's including Xfinity Cup truck. 22 races. One Formula 1 and one Indy car race. But out of all those, and you're right, it has to do with the weekend. Like I remember going to my first time going to Darlington with my uncle was a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. Ten camping, a severe th- thunderstorm came through and wiped everything out. The grill didn't work. I was <laughs> ill prepared. Oh. Everything. My dad came and for the Xfinity race that day, and we were lucky enough to have a good breakfast because he brought all the stuff we needed. Mm-hmm. And so we had good breakfast, good dinner, and then it was just a miserable weekend. And, and but to me, looking back on it, it was so funny. It's so funny now because uh, it, was, well, it was my first Arlington race it was my, with my uncle, who I love going to races with. He's a lot of fun to hang out with. But then you look at Daytona, my first Daytona 500, great race, you know, with my wife and going on to the pits during the pit road driver intros. She got me the whole shebang. My first race at Pocono, I got to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. win a race. Yeah. I like cheering against him, but I got to see him win. A lot mm-hmm. of people would love to see Dale Jr. win. Yeah. My first race back from Iraq, I got to see Jeff Gordon win in 2007 at Charlotte for the night race. Mm-hmm. But out of all, in New Hampshire, my first time there, I got a hot pass. So I was in the pits during the whole thing, and it was great. Just amazing. But out of all those, my favorite race would have to be the 2004 Formula One American Grand Prix. Oh, okay. Only because... It was right before I went to boot camp, and my mom and dad wanted to give me a great gift for graduation from high school, and they gave me that, and I was so kind of disheartened because I wanted a computer so bad, but they got me this. They they talked to recruiters, delayed shipment to boot camp for a month so I could go to this race. And I was like, this is fun. But then when I got there, it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I had so much fun. We went with Bill Barker, his son-in-law, Mossy, who are great people, big Scuderia Ferrari, and Bill's a big Formula One fan. He loves racing, but he loves Formula One. Went with my Uncle John, Cousin Ross, my dad, and it was just so much fun. Yeah. And seeing Michael Schumacher win that race, amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it seems like we all have so many, like especially like this past year at Darlington, like that was another great memory. Like I, I got right. to hang out. My me and my brother went. My buddy James Krunich, he came with us. We went up there. He was sitting uh, with his dad somewhere else, but he rode up there with us. And like, right. 
it was we all bought William Byron T-shirts, the whole the same shirts, you know, the throwback. Oh, yeah. And you know, it was just it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. The, the memories rain, that you make, the rain. The we were rain. hiding under the merchandise trailers I, out of the rain. I walked all the way back to my truck and was debating whether to go home or not. It was crazy. We were standing. My brother and I were standing in line. It was like it was after the rain had stopped. It was like five thirty, and everybody was like, "Oh yeah, let's go into the track now." And like. We were trying to search at which line to get in because there were so many people. And then you see the dark clouds. And then I got Brian Stone texting me from the backstretch, hey, it's about to rain. And I was like, what do you mean it's about to rain? He said, oh, you're going to find out in about five minutes. And then you see it. I'm like, oh, my God. But that's what makes it so much fun, you know? And then you get to talk. We just made it in right as it was pouring down rain. And then you get to talk to all these fans that are just waiting it out. And you get to hear all the stories from all these people. Just imagine if we had the cards then. It's a podcast going. We would have been handing them out like crazy. Uh, But I remember remember going to the car and thinking, we should go home because it was right before Dorian was about to come. Oh, yeah. That's right. So I was thinking... Should we, the evacuation orders were just sent. Should I go home? And I said, no, I'm going to wait because you, I texted you. It's like, what's it look like? It's like rain stopped, jet dryers on the track. It's like, maybe we'll get this going. Oh, when the jet dryers, you could hear the jet dryers turned on and just like everybody just like lit up with excitement. People were screaming. You, I was. That race started at 10 p.m. Yeah. Ended at 2 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. We we and, left a little bit early. Oh, yeah. I was already, I, it was a long day. I, I, I got to the track at 8 a.m. Yeah. And I said, I'm already committed. Yeah. What's, I'm not going to try to beat the traffic going home because I saw people starting to kind of get out. Yeah. But then I'm glad I got to see Eric Jones win. Mm-hmm. I went to the car. I went to my truck, changed into my sleepwear in there. I changed into my sleepwear, rolled out my, my pillows and blankets, and I just slept. Yeah. Until six in the morning. And then I got, I started up the truck and went home. No traffic. Just headed home. Yeah. I was, I was exhausted at that point And, you know, it was about, oh, it was I'm, between like, it was like 70 laps to go, I think it was. I turned to my brother and I said, hey, man, you just want to like, that was the first time we, I've, we've ever left a race early. I said, hey, man, how about we just leave and like, we'll just beat the traffic. And he's like, dude, I'm all for it. So we just listened to it the rest of the way home. We booked it out of there. We just ran. The perks of traveling alone. You don't have to deal with anybody. You don't have to do anything. I'm staying. I'll sleep in the truck. Yeah. But I would say that's my, that, that kind of snowballed into a lot. But that was our favorite races we've ever been to. So. Yeah. Our final question, okay, James Kroonage has, uh, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six questions here. Too many questions. But this is going to wrap it up here. So six questions here to wrap this up. So favorite track not raced on, and I'm assuming what he means by that is tracks that used to be on the schedule and not on anymore. Yeah, I, so like Rockingham, for example. Rockingham, Rockingham, Rockingham would was be probably at the, at the top of my list. That would be at the top if I think everybody's list who's a big fan of the of NASCAR in itself, but yeah. I would say tracks like Milwaukee Mile, Nazareth, North Wilkesboro has Ooh, a lot of history there. Yeah, I think those tracks maybe get a new owner, mm-hmm. spruce them up, at least run late model races there. I think they would sell out. Um, I think there would be a lot of people there. What Indianapolis Raceway Park? They used to race that for like the Truck and the Bush series years ago. Is that right? Gateway? I don't know. That's a good question. No, Gateway is like St. Louis, I think. Yeah. But I know what you're talking Raceway about. Indianapolis Raceway Park used to be a decent one for like the Bush series, you know, like a nice little short track. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, I love those old tracks. And I think, according to Steve Phelps, who's the president of NASCAR, the track contracts are up at the end of next season, so at the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. So I think you could start talking to people like track owners of Rockingham. I would hope. And ISM. And you could talk to the ISM guys, and you could talk to the owners of all these tracks and say, look, you have two races on your schedule, at your track on your schedule. Mm-hmm. You're not selling out of any of them. 
Yeah. Make it one race at Texas. Move that race to Rockingham. Move one of those races to Rockingham. Yeah. Bristol, though, a great track to go to, used to sell out all the time, isn't really doing so hot anymore. A lot of... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Fans always comment on that. Mm-hmm. That is a big one. Keep the night race. Yes. Take the spring race. Go to Nazareth, Milwaukee Mile, the fairgrounds. Go to all these tracks. And I, maybe North, you know, I don't think North Wilkesboro will ever reopen for a race. No, probably not. But maybe go switch out the spring Bristol race for the road course at Indianapolis. Ooh. You could do so much that, to that. That could tie into what we were saying earlier about the Penske buyout. Then you could have an Indy and NASCAR weekend. I would totally go. go to that race. I would totally pay, you know, a good amount of money yeah. to go see NASCAR and then the next day wake up and go watch Indy. Same track, different cars, how this approached differently. Oh, that would be like a dream come I true. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So his second question is Chase versus old point system. Old point system all day. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I mean, the Chase... Okay, so let me say this. The new point system had, what's the term you use for it? It's like it's good at first, it, the um, nostalgia wears off or whatever you're talking about, you know. Right. It was good for, like, the first couple of years. Now it's just like, I think I'd rather take the old point system. But, like, see, like, it comes down to stage racing as well. I don't really like the stage racing I'm, too much It's anymore. grown on me. You like the, the stage, stage racing? The stage racing has grown on me. Now, I wonder if he's talking about the chase for the cup yeah. Like the last 10 races of the year, eliminate that, or if keep it the way it is and race all the way to Homestead. Mm-hmm. I've grown to like the chase. It's the way it is. NASCAR's decided the way it is. And I like the way drivers adapt to it. So I like the way the drivers have adapted to the chase and use that to their advantage, getting those stage points and playoff points, everything to increase their chances of winning a championship. Mm-hmm. Now, you go back to 2003 where Matt Kenseth dominated had the most consistent year I have ever seen to date. Won one race. After Atlanta, nobody could touch him. I think that's what people don't want to see. A lot of people don't like that. It's kind of like Shades of Formula 1, where Hamilton runs away or driver runs away with it, and you can't touch him. Yeah. But I think that's where a lot of people like the, you run consistently all year, and you get those top fives and top tens and wins. Not necessarily all the time win. In the old point system, I'd rather finish second every race mm-hmm. and win the championship than win a race, wreck, win a race, wreck, 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 win a race, you know? Yeah. So that's what I, I like. But what I like about this, the new point system, you still have to run consistent. Look at Jimmy Johnson. Though he didn't win, he could have very well run a little better and mm-hmm. still been in the chase and in contention to at least go for a championship. Yeah. You look at Joey Logano, who only had one top five, in the whole playoffs this year. And that was a fourth at Texas. And he's not in the round, the final round at Homestead. Whereas Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Marnie Trex Jr., and Kyle Bush ran consistent, did what they had to do to get in to contention to race for a championship. I like either point system. You're going to have good results and good racing to me. Yeah. Now, I think Brian France, and I can't stand that guy, 
<laughs> ruined it for a lot of race fans because they came up with the chase and it's, it started off well. The top 10, go for a championship. Yeah. No elimination, no nothing. Just the top 10 in points, you earned your chance at the championship. Mm-hmm. Then drivers like Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jeff Gordon didn't make it. Oh, so let's, let's extend it to 12. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's extend wild cards in there. They kept messing with something that was working. Yeah. And tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and to the point where fans were turned off by it. Yeah. I think old point system versus chase, either way, you're going to have good racing. I think I'd rather keep, I think I'd rather it be like the 10 drivers get in and then you just race it out the rest of the way. I think I'd rather it be like that because now when I'm watching nowadays, like on commentary, they try to build and play it up so much during a race. And it's just like, I don't really feel it. Like, well, because look, Ryan Blaney had a great run last week at Phoenix. Yeah. He was out of the top four. He had a win. Mm-hmm. Had a win. Or something had to happen to Hamlin and Kyle Busch in front of him. Them two taking each other out for him to have a shot at being in the chase in yeah. the in the home, in Homestead. Ryan Truex Jr. already did his job and won. And so did Kevin Harvick. Then they were just there. No pressure. But you still had to run better than those two. You had to chase those two drivers in order to get in. And Brian Blaney would have done whatever it took to get into the homestead if that meant spinning out Hamlin or Kyle Busch. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have made it like, wow, look what he did to get in. I think maybe. Whereas if you're, whereas if you're point racing, if you're point racing, yeah, Ryan Blaney did exactly what he needed to do to keep himself in the championship hunt. Mm-hmm. But you're not point racing now. You're chase racing. Yeah. I think it should be like the, the top 10 in the standings and then you let them go the final 10 races and then maybe you could have like the top three or four in the final race. So like no like elimination rounds, like just be like 10 drivers, straight 10 races, and then the final race, the top four drivers that are in points, then that's that'll be who races for the championship that day. Yeah, but I like the whole round of 16, round of 12. Mm-hmm. I like th- I like that. Yeah. I like that. I- it's grown on me. So that's our answer. Kind of a long-winded answer, but I-, I don't care. I just like racing in NASCAR, and I'll watch it regardless of what the point system is. I think it's simpler now. 40 points for first and one point for 40th. Yeah. Keep it like that. I think that's a good way to hash it out. But mm-hmm. that's our chase versus old point system there. Next part of the question NASCAR judgment calls. Again, we could do a whole episode on this, yep. but you look at the Bubba Wallace incident we talked about earlier in the show. They had to make a call. They mm-hmm. had to make it. They had to make an example out of him. If you intentionally, if you talk about it and incriminate yourself like that and say, "Yeah, I did it," what else are you going to expect NASCAR to do? Uh, do you, you, nothing you, at that point. I mean, you, you've you, already sold yourself at that point. Exactly. <laughs> now, I think we look at the yellow line at Daytona and Talladega. Yeah. And going back to the truck race where Johnny Sauter. He, uh, I can't remember who he was blocking, but he blocked somebody below that yellow line, and then they took the win away from him. Yeah, they took away the win from Sauter. And gave it to Spencer Boyd. Spencer Boyd, yep. Who finished second at the time, but he wasn't the one that was blocked. I just, I can't quite remember who Johnny Sauter was blocking, but he kind of forced him below the yellow line, and then I guess NASCAR made that judgment call of, oh, but like, it was so weird how... It took so long for them to make that judgment call. True. I mean, this guy's already done his his celebration, the burnout. He's got the flag. He's ready to go back to victory lane. And then NASCAR's like, oh, 
Just kidding. But, you know, but we've seen it time and time again where drivers have gone below the yellow line and gotten penalized for not answering the black flag. Tony Stewart was a big one in the 2001 Pepsi 400. Yeah. Where he went below the yellow line. It looked like he maybe got pushed down there, but a driver that goes below the yellow line in advanced position is always going to say, I got forced. Yeah. But then you look at Dale Earnhardt Jr. in Talladega, goes below the yellow line, advances position. See, that's where I think you got to stay consistent. Where's the consistency? Yeah, exactly. Either get rid of the rule or call it like you see it. Yeah. Dale Jr. shouldn't have won that race. Unpopular, yes. Right call, yes. But they didn't. Ooh, Dale Jr. won. Yeah, everybody's happy. At this point, I feel like they could probably just go ahead and get rid of the yellow line. Absolutely. At Daytona and Talladega. I mean, like, yeah, it's... They always say that the yellow line is there for, like, to keep them within such a space at the racetrack. It's very difficult to pass, like, you know, coming with a couple laps to go, and you have, like, three and four wide all the way back in the field, coming down the backstretch, and you got all these guys making runs, and they got to worry about not going below that yellow line. Right. I can tell you right now, if that yellow line is not there, and they still pass down there, somebody's going to learn eventually that, hey, we can't go all the way down there, because then you're trying to get Al back in line before you get to turn three, and then it's just a cluster after that. Yeah, it's kind of like just policing yourself. Exactly. I, ju- I think the yellow line has probably served its time i think we've heard enough from it yeah but i think nascar needs to be a little more consistent on judgment calls yeah absolutely when it comes to stuff like that everything else i think they're pretty consistent with lug nuts if you got a loose lug nut yeah you're gonna get fined yeah there's no ifs ands or buts about it Mm -hmm. but for the most part i think that's where a lot of fans see the line drawn between judgment calls and Right and wrong. What, NAS- what NASCAR sees. Yeah. Next part of the question, 36 race season or shorter. Ooh. I think 36 races is perfect. It used to be a lot more than 36 races. I think it used to be like 50-some races in a season. But then Winston came in and said, let's have it on the weekends. Let's limit it to this many races for marketing value. Yeah. And for chances for people to come to the racetrack and experience NASCAR the way it should be perfect to make the rate make the season sorter I think that will take away from NASCAR to me I, I love watching the 500 miles and 600 mile races I don't think the races need to be shorter at all I don't think the season needs to be shorter I think it's a perfect length to determine who runs well from February all the way to November yeah and to see who can do it in these many different type of tracks whether it's road course short track intermediate super speedway where you can run consistent and do well and we get a good average all-around spread and mm-hmm. do it I think 36 races is perfect in fact after next week, when the checker flag falls for the cup race, I'm going to go in, instantly go into withdrawals. Yeah. <laughs> right away. I think it should be all year round, but that's just me. But it's a grueling schedule for not only the drivers, but the teams and everybody involved. They need those yeah. three-month break. I don't know. 36 races, to me, seems like enough. I would go as far as saying, yeah, maybe we could shorten it to maybe like 30 races. But then we'd have to, at that point, if we were going to shorten it, I'd be I'd be looking for tracks that have – some tracks that have two dates that maybe it might not be as popular and then maybe substituting one of their dates in for like a newer track or like somewhere that we don't right go to, you know. But I like agree. thirty six races is it's fine. Maybe shorter, but like I wouldn't go any further than that at this point. Absolutely. So two more, two more off of James's question here. Favorite paint schemes. Okay, I could go on forever with this. I think uh, Terry Labonte's old like cornflakes. Yeah, that was iconic. The number scheme. five, the number yeah. five Kellogg's car. Rusty Wallace's old paint scheme. I think I got the diecast right there at the bottom from '98 season. 
That was a good one. Uh, but I think my favorite of all out of NASCAR is uh, uh, 28 Haviland Ford by Davey Allison. Oh, Dave, that's, that's a iconic. Classic. That's, that's iconic. Yeah, even very... when Ricky, even I associate that with Ricky Rudd as well because he was driving that car when I first started getting into it. But that 28 Haviland Ford has a lot of history behind it. I think that's one of my favorite paint schemes now. I like Denny Hamlin's. I like the Patriotic Brad Keselowski car, the Jeff Gordon DuPont one, Rainbow Warriors. But I think that's iconic. Yeah. But it isn't like it was back in the day where it was the Havlin car and the Kellogg's car and the Miller car. Now you have drivers like Keselowski, who has Miller like discount tires and a few other sponsors associated. So he has different cars. Yeah. And so it isn't like the old old day where this driver, Mark Warren, is associated with Valvoline. Mm-hmm. And Terry Bond is associated with Kellogg's. Yeah. So it's tough to pick a paint scheme now to me. Yeah. Because it, it isn't as iconic as it was back no. in the 90s and in the 80s. Absolutely. It's like a different like different generation, I guess you could say. It's just, right. it's, you can tell the difference. Some people can tell the difference. I mean, some of my favorite paint schemes were like back in the late 90s and early 2000s. You know, like I, like you said, the Rainbow Warrior scheme, that was a great one. I always, that's an iconic scheme. Sterling Absolutely. Marlins, Coors Light. Car. That, yeah, iconic. Uh, who was it? Well, I I go back to Jeff Gordon on this one. Like when he ran for one for the All Star race, where instead of it being the orange flames with the blue car, the Dupont car, they kind of inverted it and made the flames blue, and the car was orange. That was really cool. Neat. At the time, there's plenty of other cars that were iconic that you could just Alan Coolwickies, the Hooter car. You know, right? It's just it's different it, it's, than it's, than it is now. Yeah, you, know? you have more than one sponsor. You're going to have to facilitate all of them. Yeah. To me, the paint schemes from that era stick out to me especially the Haviland Ford where it was Davy Allison's the Haviland driver mm-hmm. and so on and so forth Dale Earnhardt is the good wrench driver yeah that's his car final question here thoughts on a new manufacturer manufacturer Getting all tongue tied here, but I'm all for it yeah I, I would love to see some some manufacturer like Honda come in and I think they're in talks, and I think Richard Petty Motorsports is going to be the team to have that Honda H on their car when the Gen 7 comes out. It's okay. not going to be till next year. Yeah. And it's not going to be next year, but it's probably going to be when the Gen 7 comes out and all those happen, and I think Honda will be willing. They've already got stuff in Indy. Mm-hmm. Honda might come in with Richard Petty. There have been rumors that they've talked, and I think Honda with Richard Petty Motorsports in 2021-2022. Hmm. I would love to see Honda there. I would, love, of course, love to see Dodge come back. Yeah, same. And, you know, just to, have, just to break off, making an even number. Honda, Chevy, Toyota, and Ford. Ford. Mm-hmm. Maybe throw Dodge in there. If Dodge came back, I think that'd be really popular, too, because a lot of people pick their drivers based on their car. Well, then if you have, so, you know, if Honda were to come in and then maybe Dodge come back and you have five, maybe you could have a nut, like, what if another manufacturer comes and then you have six? I mean, that, I personally think that would be really cool i think that would do nothing but good things for not only the manufacturer of those automobiles but nascar in general and they want to try to make it more traditional with this gen 7 car coming out they want Mm -hmm. the noses they don't want the same body as like the car of tomorrow in the gen 6 yeah they want to kind of throw it back to i'm not saying the fabricators are going to get in there and mold it like they used to but they want their noses to be distinct like Pontiac when they were in, yeah, they have that kicked out nose, yeah. That you could you could <laughs> clearly tell that's a Pontiac, even if the decals were off. No, that's clearly a Pontiac. That's clearly a Ford, and so on. But I, I would like to see a new manufacturer definitely come in to sport. I would too. I'm all for it. Even love to see like a Mercedes come in. I used to not be for it, but like at this point, I think it would 
looking at the bigger picture, it would probably do very good things. And I think I think that will happen here in the next couple of years. I, but that was it. That was our question. So thank you, everybody who wrote in and took the time to write in. Sorry we couldn't do it last week. We had that technical issues. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up here in a very long episode, our, our longest episode to date. Yeah. Very nice. Got a lot of information and looking forward to Homestead. Hope you guys are too. Let us know uh, via Facebook and Twitter what you guys think of who's going to win and predictions and stuff. But after next week, we'll um, cover up Homestead and then go on and keep doing this during the off season. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to next year. Talk about some stuff we want to talk about. Preston might come up with a show and we'll go off of there and I'll think of a show and maybe we'll just open up the lines and see who calls in and Try yep. to get dry and uh, try to get everybody get people more involved. You absolutely, know? and then by then we should have our T-shirts. So we'll let you know how we could, how you could get your hands on one of those T-shirts. But you got anything else, Preston? Before we wrap it up here? Uh, no, I think that pretty much it. I think we're looking forward to an exciting weekend this weekend championship racing at Homestead. All right. That being said, I don't have anything else. I don't either. I'd, exciting weekend coming up here at Homestead. Yeah, I can't wait for it. So uh, for. Myself, Preston, and for Matt over there, uh, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at In the Marbles, on Twitter at Marbles In, and then on Instagram at In the Marbles. But our username is In underscore Marbles, or In underscore The, and then underscore Marbles. But In the Marbles, you'll find us there. So uh, for Preston, there's Matt across the table. We'll talk to you guys next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 